Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. Feeling good? Oh, come on, you're feeling better than that, right? Everybody? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> there you go. Little, little, little John. That's nice. Uh... <laughs> Don't run away with that thought. Okay. Um, hey, uh, give a shout out to everybody who's listening online right now. We're so glad that you're listening, pouring into yourself and your leadership. Uh, let's pray. Father, we pray that this morning, God, our hearts will be very open to your word and help us be the best leaders in every area that we can be. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, when we talk about leadership sometimes, um, again, I think I've said this before, uh, it can get misconstrued that it's a title um, or it's a position, but we're all leaders um, in a lot of different areas. Uh, leaders, leadership just means influence, and a lot of us have influence in a lot of different areas, uh, sometimes uh, influence in places that we don't even know. Uh, because we don't know who's looking at us, and we don't know who's getting the example uh, from us. And so it's very important, first, that we carry ourselves as a leader. That we care, There's a different way you carry yourself when you understand that you have influence in some area or in some person's life. So, so it's, it's very important how you carry yourself. Two, past that is also understanding that God has brought you into places of leadership, and God has blessed you in places of leadership, whether it's in your family or job or church or uh, just people that you're meeting, um, maybe at a school or, or something along those lines. Uh, God has brought you into that and wants us to be the very best leaders possible. Um, but uh, the trick with leadership and the thing that makes it so tricky is you have to deal with people, and people are tricky, and sometimes people are stupid, and we're all people, so we all understand. Yes, okay. So, you know, and, and, and because of that, it makes it hard. If everybody, like, if everybody just did what we were supposed to do all the time, it'd be a lot easier, but we don't, you know, and, and, and so this makes it uh, difficult when you want to lead someone. Also, there's a difference between leading somebody and controlling somebody. And sometimes we think that controlling somebody is leadership, but that's not leadership. Leadership is being able to go ahead and have somebody follow you of their own free will. Okay? And, 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 and the more power you need to assert leadership, the less of a leader you are. And so the more power hungry you are is the less leader hungry you are. And so it's, it's very important to develop your leadership, not your powership. And leadership can de be developed at any level. You don't need a title. You don't need a position. And so this is all just a, a beginning thought to what I'm really going to get into. So because of that, when you are a leader, there are things that come up that are difficult, and a lot of times you could shortcut them with power, a power play, but you don't want to 
because you want to be a better leader. And so I, I want to take this piece of scripture that Paul is talking to the Galatians about. Uh, what has happened is Paul started this church um, with the Galatians, and uh, the church was flying high. It was awesome. Uh, you had a lot of people who thought they would never have a relationship with God because they weren't Jewish. Uh, now they understand that God had made a way for all people, not just a certain number of people. So the church was excited. They were. This was new to them. It, uh, the grace of God was this fantastic new idea that God made a way for them to have a relationship with him when they weren't the right gender or they weren't the right race or they didn't have the right religion or they didn't. It, it, so it is very exciting. Um, and the church started growing. And Paul, the way Paul did this was he would start a church, it would explode, he would put leaders in place, and then he would go on to the next start another church, put leaders in place, and go on to the next. Then he would write back to that church, how are you guys doing? What's going on? Here, these are things that I've heard from other people that are leading the church now. Let me respond to those things. And one of the things that was happening in uh, the Galatians church was somebody snuck in there after Paul and started giving them all these rules and regulations that they needed to follow so that God would accept them and love them. And they were uh, not leading, they were controlling. And it was making Paul so upset because it started out so well. And how many times have you ever felt that? Things started out so well, and now all of a sudden I got a dumpster fire on, on and I, I can't even put this thing out. And it feels like everything blew up at once. You know what I mean? Like how many times you feel like, hey, I could take one catastrophe. I can't do ten. You know, like, and so this is Paul trying to work all of this stuff out. Um, and so he writes, uh, he's, he writes to them to, like, get their head on straight as a leader. And I saw this as he was writing to them, and I thought, this is textbook on how to not get stuck with your leader. Because you all have a leader, and you all are a leader. And so it's very important to understand how to not get stuck with your leader and how to help people who are, you are leading, how to help them get unstuck. Because you can't get stuck. You can't just stop moving. And stop growing and stop going forward. And so this is what Paul said. All right, everybody ready? Now we're, now we're going to get into the meat of what I want to talk about. Galatians 4, verse 15. Where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? He's talking to the Galatians about when he was there. So where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? I am sure you would have taken out your own eyes and given them to me if it had been possible. How have I now become your enemy because I am telling you the truth? I want to go back to that first part, and we'll just go down the line of this scripture. Where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? I am sure 
you would have taken out your own eyes and given them to me if it had been possible. One of the easiest ways to get stuck is to forget how you felt at the beginning. One of the easiest ways to get stuck in where you are is to forget how excited you were when you first started whatever you just started. This could be anything in life. But not remembering your first day will kill you. And it will get you stuck. And there are so many times where we forget how we felt at the beginning when we're in the middle. We forget the feeling of joy and ecstasy when we held the baby in our hands for the very first time, when the baby is screaming at 3 in the morning, and they won't go back to bed. You, you are so easily erasing the feeling of joy and, 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 and erasing that feeling of gratefulness when things start getting a little harder. I, this is really important to remember. How did you feel the first day you started serving at church? How did you feel the first day when you started maybe working at church? How did you feel the first day when you worked at that job? How did you feel the first day when you were a part of that internship? How did you feel the first day when somebody asked you to be part of a leadership team? How did you feel the first day when somebody gave you responsibility in a small group for the first time? Or now have you uh, graduated past that and you're like, oh, that's just four kids at youth on Wednesday night. You know, that I, I have a lot more things on my plate. How did you feel the first time somebody said, you can teach these four kids about Jesus? How did you feel the first time that happened? How, ben, how did you feel the first time you were allowed to preach? How, how did you feel the first time somebody said, yes, I want you to be the pastor of this church? How did you feel the first time remembering your first day is so important on not getting stuck and you've got to help other people who are you are leading help them remember their first day help them remember the time that they were joyful and grateful because the moment you stop forgetting those things and you and you are and you uh, start forgetting those things that gave you joy in the first place the moment you do that you start getting stuck and you start getting ungrateful and you start looking at more opportunities and you start looking at other things that could be better and you start looking at well, what about this and what about that instead of remembering how you felt on the first day and and Paul said where where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then and and I would just ask all of us here and everybody who's listening where is your joyful and grateful spirit right now? Where is it? Did you wake up this morning with joy and gratefulness in your heart? Because you, you felt so excited and invigorated like you did on the first day? And I'm sorry, it, life is too hard. You, we have to remind ourselves of these feelings all the time. And I, uh, I think we're we're too much a victim of the moment, 
when it comes to our feelings, and we don't remind ourselves of feelings that we had way back when. What do I feel now is the truth? That is so dumb. Don't, don't let your feelings now dictate to you what you should have and what your spirit should have and what your mind and in and, and your heart should have just because of how you feel right now at this moment. Feelings are a roller coaster and they're never meant to be built on. Go back to the beginning. Gratefulness. Joy. And just so you know, a joyful and grateful spirit, you could look at that and go, oh, yeah, how did I feel? Okay, yeah, I get that, but joy is not a feeling. It's a fruit. It's a fruit of the spirit. Gratefulness is not a feeling. It's a fruit of the spirit. And so when he's asking, where is that joyful and grateful spirit? He's not asking where are your feelings? He's asking, where is your fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit? So if you don't have that that you, you felt at the beginning, it's not a feelings problem. It's a fruit problem that comes from the Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, teach me, help me. I, 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 we're going to keep going. Oh, no. All right. Um, then he said this, he said, uh, you would have given me your own eyes if, if this had been possible. And then he said this, have I now become your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? Number two, how to make sure you get unstuck with your leaders. Be thankful for hard coaching. Be thankful for hard coaching. We live in a world that hard coaching is looked at as you're attacking me. And we've been inundated with it over and over and over again. And so what it's taught us is that the moment that somebody says something to me that doesn't uh, pad my ego or that doesn't necessarily agree with how I look at myself, I dismiss it as you're attacking me. I feel attacked. Okay? If you feel attacked, what happens is you will feel stuck as well. But if you can switch that and help uh, and ask God to help me with my self-esteem, that I don't need my leader to pad my ego. I need my leader to help me see where I'm missing it because I've got blind spots. How many of you would go to your car right now and knock off your side mirrors and your rearview mirror and say, those mirrors are attacking me? No. You look at, you're thankful for them. When they don't work, you're like, oh, who's been driving in my car? I need, I need these to fit so I can see. Because we all know that we have blind spots. Why, why do we, do we get that with a car, but we don't get that with our leaders? 
And we're not thankful for, oh, thank you for showing me I almost got into a wreck. Thank you for helping me stay where I need to go. Thank you for helping me get down the right path. The only reason that you're not thankful is because your low self-esteem has uh, gotten so bad that you need at every moment somebody to tell you how good you are because you're not getting that from the Lord. And you're not understanding that you are blood-bought by the king that he has saved you and that he has changed you and that he gave Jesus for you so you can have a relationship with him and that is where you get your self-esteem and because of that I can walk into any situation and you can say oh you need to change this and you need to change that and you need to move this and you need to move that and it doesn't touch who I am because I get my self-esteem from God and I get my hard coaching from my leader and so it helps me to stay where I need to be. But I don't get my self-esteem from my leader. I don't need them to pad my ego. There are so many times where I missed a chance to grow because I needed my leader to tell me how good I was instead of tell me where I'm missing it. There are so many times in my own life where I was so jacked up with how I viewed myself that I needed somebody to just like my post over and over and over again before I felt like I could be anybody in anything instead of say, Ben, do it like this. Hey, hey, you need to change this and you need to move this and you need to do it over here like this. I, I miss chances to grow. Because I, 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 I forgot that my leader was there to tell me the hard truth sometimes. Because I got blind spots. Remember what Paul said. Have I now become your enemy? Because I'm telling you the truth. How many times have the people that you have led, you told them the truth, and then they looked at you like you're their enemy? And you're like, you're acting like I'm throwing a nuclear bomb in our relationship. And I'm actually giving you a gift. And how many times have, have maybe the people that we've led, we've, we've not told them the truth? Because we're worried about how they're going to respond to it. So then now we play a part in the dysfunction because we're not saying the hard truths. Because we're scared of how they react. So now you got unhealthy leaders leading unhealthy followers. And you, and you wonder how you're going to get great leadership. One of the ways to get, the, one of the best ways to get unstuck, please hear me, please, please hear me, is ask questions all the time like this. Hey, could, I, I appreciate, because we live in a very encouraging environment in our church. And so what that mean, it, what can happen is sometimes uh, people can fly under the radar with that encouraging environment and, and just feel like, man, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just amazing. I'm the bee's knees. I don't know why I said that. But, I, like, I'm just amazing. Everybody loves me. That's great. And then the moment somebody says one thing that maybe isn't, like, a 10 out of 10, gives you, like, a 7 out of 10, you're like, what? What's wrong with you? Because you've been in this encouraging environment, but you have not let it encourage you. You've let it feed you. And that's what's called living for people's 
acceptance and people pleasing. One of the best things that you can do is ask your leader, hey, I appreciate the encouragement. Can you please show me where I'm doing that you would like me to change? And just get regular with that question. Like, don't make it weird. Just say, I know there's probably something that I need to change. Could you, could you please tell me that? But only people with real high self-esteem get comfortable with that question. I can usually zero in on people that don't have God's healthy self-esteem in them with how many times they say, can you show me where I've missed it? It's hard, but it's a way to get unstuck. It helps you um, so you don't protect your hurt, your way, or your idea. The leaders are not your enemy, and humility is your greatest strength. So then, Paul says this. So then he goes after the false teachers that are trying to get into the church. Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor, but their intentions are not good. They're trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. If someone is eager to do good things for you, that's all right. But let them do it all the time, not just when I'm with you. So Paul goes and he starts saying, hey, these guys are trying to, like, only keep you. Like they're, and, 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 and even more than that, they are trying to say, oh, hey, come over to us. Paul was good, but we're better. And number three, how to get unstuck with your leader or to help somebody who you're leading get unstuck is remember the track record is more important than future promises. Track record is more important than future promises. Sometimes when we're stuck, we forget who was good to us and only see what someone new can promise us. Just so you know, just remind yourself of this. God rewards loyal people, not opportunistic people. So remember the leaders that you had in your life. Now, I'm not saying to be loyal to unhealthy, toxic environments, um, but also don't create something in your environment that's not there just because you got a little hurt and the grass looks greener on the other side. Remember the track record of the leaders that you've had. Remember the track record of the leaders when they were there for you, when they bled for you, when they cried for you, when they stayed with you. With you. Remember those leaders that stayed with you when it was hard, when it was not in their best interest, when it didn't help them move forward, when all they could do, they, they could have moved on from you a long time ago, or you could have moved on from them a long time ago, but you stayed with them because you were faithful and you were in their life and you weren't in it for what they could give you. You were in it to see them change and develop and to be more like Jesus. Remember the track record of leaders in your life instead of always thinking, well, this is a new thing or this is a new person or this is a new. Listen, that will get you stuck so quick. 
That was Paul Paul was trying to say. He's like, do you remember when I was there? I know all these other leaders are trying to give you all of these things and, and promise all of these things, but but that new promise does not have the track record. And so can I tell you, like, this is why Paul said to Timothy, he, he's in the same vein, he, he was writing, he said, entrust these things. This is what he wrote in Timothy. He said, entrust these things to faithful men and women. He didn't say entrust these things to talented men and women. He didn't say entrust these things to the newest flashy men and women. He didn't say entrust these things to the people who have the biggest Instagram clout. He didn't say entrust these things to the people who seem like they know everything and they've got the secret uh, uh, wisdom or whatever. He said entrust these things to faithful people because you know what? Track record wins out. Faithfulness wins out. And so for some of us who feel like we're stuck or we're leading somebody who is stuck, I just want to let you know, don't give up. Just stay the course. Just stay right there and be faithful where God has planted you. Keep doing the right things. Keep being the right person. Keep believing the right thing. Keep praying when you want to give up. Keep staying right in that place because faithfulness will always be its own reward and the track record will always win out. And then, then he says this at the very end. He says this. Now, uh, he said, oh, my dear children, I feel if, as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your life. He's hurting for them. But remember what he said here at the, uh, even uh, a little before that. He goes, they are trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. Trusted leaders. Notice what Paul said. He said, I'm going to hurt until Christ is fully developed in you. Trusted leaders will try to develop you, while slick leaders just want to collect you. And this is really important. There are leaders or so-called leaders that only want to collect people. They don't want to develop them. But Paul, a trusted leader, said, okay, I care for you so much, and the goal for me is to see you developed. And the only way that happens is if Christ is developed in you, not them. Jesus is developed in you. I'm not trying to create more bends. I'm trying to see more Christ-like followers. To see Christ developed in you. The people that you're leading, you want to see Christ developed in them. You want to see them look more like Jesus. You want to see that development happen. But slick leaders just want you to themselves, to use you, and they don't care about your development. They only care about what you can do. They want to collect you, not develop you. And so it's very important to realize the leader that you have in your life. Are you trying to collect me or are you trying to develop me? And then ask, what kind of leader are you? Are you trying to collect people? 
and just, listen, I just need you to do stuff for me. Or are you trying to develop them and to see Jesus be developed in them? Now, that means they can't do things. That doesn't mean you don't do things. That doesn't mean you talk about the things that you can do or you can't do. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there is a difference between a leader who just wants to collect you and, there's a, and, and then a leader who wants to see you be developed to look just like Jesus. And it's so important for all of us to remember, again, okay, I just want to ha- be the kind of leader that is always looking to develop. We say at our church like this all the time. We don't care what you can do. We care about who you are. The do comes later. What you can do comes later. Who you are is the biggest importance to us. So it's heart over hands. Right? So that's, that's why somebody can do the right thing and it still smells weird. And you're like, what's wrong? There's something not right, at least in our church. Because in our church, heart matters more than hands. So you can do something and still have a funky heart, and then you're going to have some leaders going to start going, you smell weird. So, and, and, and then you're like, what? I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. No, it's not about what you do. There's something wrong with your heart. And so we, we, we double-check that all the time. We're always double-checking heart. How's your heart? And if you, because if you do things with the wrong heart, it will, it will pour poison into your service. And, and, the, and that's what the enemy wants to do, wants to poison your service. So that you, 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 you look at that and say, I'm never doing that again. I was used. I was this. I was that. Because it was a heart thing, not a hands thing. And so it's so important that we have, le- we have leaders and we are leaders that care about heart. Is Christ being developed in you? Because I'm not trying to collect you. I want to see you developed. And, and, and if you can, I, I believe, honestly, if you take this scripture and just keep going over it and help God help me be the better leader that I can be, this will help all of us be better leaders as we're leading the different things that we need to lead and we need to move in different areas that we need to move in um, because we just don't want anybody to feel like they're getting stuck. So, God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this time. Father, help us to move forward. Uh, God, in every area that you want us to move forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.